Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Only on Sports Radio 92.7 FM WFNZ. Straight fire. This is the Wesson Walker Show. Even the crowd knows what's coming next. Happy Monday from Wesson Walker Sports Radio 92.7. Queen City, we back. WFNZ, we're coming in off of the high that was such a successful all-star weekend. (laughs) Getting to see Brandon go for a goose egg. About zero points from your rising star, ladies and gentlemen. 0 of 4 from the Queen field. City Magic. 0 of 2 from the three-point line. Uh, Queen City, no magic is what we got. The only <laughs> representation that we had in the All-Star weekend was Brandon Miller and the Rising Stars Challenge. And we got nothing from him. But to be fair, the only people we got any kind of effort from was the G League All-Star team and the Rising Stars Challenge and anybody that competed in the three-point contest. And other than that, we didn't get a whole lot of effort elsewhere. That was about it. And so it has people asking, what in the hell do we do with All-Star Weekend? You can text us, 704-570-9610 on the FanDuel text line, 704-570-9610. How do we fix All-Star Weekend? Because, Wes, I I saw your tweet. It was one of the worst All-Star games you'd ever seen. It had been. If it's not this one, than it was last year. Mm. If it wasn't last year's, then it was two years ago. It's been pretty terrible for a while. But the fact that this this all-star game combined for 400 points, like I'm here for the flashiness. I'd be cool with seeing like 320, yeah. but you got 397. You got the weirdest like practice go, go, go drill with Nikola Jokic and Doncic running down the floor with zero defense. You had half-court shots. You had a missed dunk by Luca, it was pretty terrible to watch and I love the All-Star weekend as a kid, but as we've grown to watch the All-Star game, it's just been so it's been a hard watch. It's yeah. been it's been boring. It's been like a task. It's been taxing for me to tune in and try to watch this thing and find any entertainment. Yeah, I think the game itself is beyond fixing at this point because I don't know what the money that they're making what you can pay them. <clears throat> Excuse me. I don't know what you can pay them. Uh, to make them play harder. That's going to really move the needle with these guys. And the thing is, is that I enjoyed Saturday night. It was great. And I'm sure we're going to talk more about it. I love the Nescu and Curry. I like, I enjoyed the three point. I even thought the dunk contest was enjoyable. I mean, it wasn't, you know, Aaron Gordon and Levine, but it we're, was enjoyable. We're it on a curve now. Yeah, Mac McClung did some nasty dunks. Toppin's brother did some some dunks. I thought that Jalen Brown was awful. I I, yeah. I didn't understand what the scoring was about. Oh, the scoring was. He terrible. was doing basic dunks and get. I mean, he did a windmill and got a forty-eight or something. I was like, how? No, the 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 scores were absolutely atrocious. Yeah, it was terrible. Uh, but the Mac McClung won in a contest where the judges were actively pulling against him. Via their, yes. via their results. Because he had a couple of dunks that should have been 50. And, <laughs> it was, yeah, uh, it was but, terrible. But when, you, when you're talking about the game, I like when they did the set score. I forgot what the name of that is. But the when Elam they, ending? Yes, the, the Elam ending. Score. I like that because then we got competition in the fourth quarter. I don't care if you mess around in the first three quarters. But the thing is, too, that the three-point shot has changed the game so much that that's all they want to do. There's no more emphasis on the dunk like that. 
like the thing was, I would still enjoy watching the All-Star game because even though I knew they weren't playing much defense, I love seeing the dunks, them throwing it off the backboard, catching it, doing crazy dunks and stuff. But now that they just want to have a shooting contest, they shot how many threes? I was saying 160-something. It was something crazy. Yeah. But when I look at this Western Conference roster, Braun, Luka, KD, SGA, Yoke, Booker, Curry, AD, Edwards, George, Leonard, Towns, and they're getting drilled by 20. I'm like, this could have been arguably the greatest all-star team that we've seen. When you talk about it top to bottom, when you look at this team when it's all said and done, and they were getting drilled, there was no drama. And I think that's what made it the worst game that I'd watch because I'm like, well, when they did the Elam ending or different years, you would get some fourth quarter where guys would start to get after it. But this was just cruise control from start to finish. And then it started to wane, too, even with the Elam ending. Oh, and, and, but yeah. you're right. It, it did have some competitive nature The about first, like, it. two years yep. they did it. it and it people was were lit. like, okay, we, did we fix it? Yeah. People were, okay, now we actually got some competition at the end. And then the players were like, mm, yeah, no. Like, <laughs> we good. Maybe these two years, but not anymore. Let's pull up to the scene and figure out how we can fix this collectively. <laughs> Queen City Magic, we need some right now on how to <laughs> fix All-Star break. Pull up to the scene, Mr. Bus Driver and Josh Fitty, J.D. Marlowe, going out to open up those doors. We look good getting off the bus. I got something to say. Damn! Kick it! I can feel it! I have some beginnings of a plan, Wes, and you tell me if you like it or not. Okay. Because I'm trying to figure out how to fix it, too. Many people are telling you to just go ahead and scrap it. Don't play the All-Star game anymore. The problem with that is, if you attend All-Star Weekend, even with Saturday night being such a spectacle, even with people still blaming the dunk contest for being so poor nowadays, the Saturday night event, it's the most fun. But the All-Star game, if you attend it in person, I think most people just thinking about it a little bit would still attend Sunday because that's when you get to see the top 30 players yeah. in the NBA and you just need to go ahead and cross that off of your bucket list. Mm-hmm. Oh, I got to see Giannis. I got to see LeBron. And so it's always going to be the Sunday because you have this overwhelming feeling if you haven't seen those guys before that you need to check that off. And so All-Star Game, I don't think it's going anywhere because also it's the most watched All-Star Game in what, four years? Yeah. And so the ratings were up 30% from what they were last year. And so people People, even if the ratings aren't nearly as good as the Pro Bowl, right? The NFL, it, they're just in handcuffs right now because the NFL has to put on the Pro Bowl because the ratings are so good, even if it's a terrible, terrible product. Mm-hmm. It's all right, we'll just make it flag football and still roll in on the cash. But with the NBA All-Star Game, it feels like the abbreviated mini games are the things to focus on. With the events, the three-point contest, the slam dunk contest. And so, is there a way, if you have the top 30 players, I saw J.J. Redick, too, say they should expand the all-star roster because the NBA is just so talent-laden nowadays. It's okay to expand and adapt to what the league is now. So, let's say you even go with, I don't know, two more players, right? So, let's say you have 32. The top 32 make the league. You have four teams of eight. And then you go on a little mini tournament where each team plays to 11. I like that. You have some kind of compensation at the end that's more than 100,000 or 200,000 because think about it. If the All-Stars are playing in this league or, or in this game more often than not, it's the All-Stars that are making the super maxes and the max deals. But then you have just these little abbreviated mini games where you don't have to lock in for a three-hour event and you don't have to mail it in and you can compete 
to some level, and then whoever is the end team gets to take in whatever the prize is, and then you win the championship. Like, I don't know if that would work, but I do feel like there needs to be something that happens because it's hard. Like, I I tried watching it last night. I didn't watch all of it. I couldn't do it because I know it's not like you're really asking us to have this hard-hitting analysis on a game that didn't have any defense. You're not asking us that. Like, what am I watching this for if I'm not entertained and it's not for my listeners? Why am I watching it? I couldn't answer that question, Wes, and so I tuned out and watched something that I did want to be entertained by. Yeah, uh, you know, me and my son, we watched it together, you know, and just trying to see the the wild plays that would happen. But I love that idea that you brought up the mini tournament like they do with Rising Stars. And the in-season tournament works. Yeah, I think that's pretty cool because Kobe once said, you know, back in the day before he passed, he talked about how guys would play harder at a pickup game at UCLA then they play in the All-Star game. And so I think that if you put them together, make it feel like a pickup style of game to them and things of that nature, plus the competition of wanting to win the tournament and having multiple teams and teammates going up against each other and different things of that nature, I think that could save it. Uh, I think a change in format would be very welcome. And then, like you said, expand the rosters. And I think they are going to do it because I don't think for one second the NBA enjoyed seeing the Eastern Conference put up 200-plus points and it'd be 200 to 180. They don't want to see that. So I think that the NBA has always been very proactive with things that need to change in the game. And so I think that uh, Adam Silver and the crew, they're going to go back to the drawing board and they're going to try to figure it out. Uh, Because, like I said, I've always enjoyed All-Star Weekend since I was a kid. And I know that there are some things to do to fix it, but I think the way that you said it, I think that's the best way because money's not going to do it for these guys. They make too much money. But and, and even the in-season tournament, it was early enough, I think, in the season to where, okay, I got enough juice left and I'm going to go after this, what was it, $500,000, which is, I guess, what, five times more than what mm-hmm. you're making if you win the yeah. All-Star game. And yeah. so that's a little bit more. Yeah. D'Angelo Russell said that 500000 would pay for two vacations. Right. <laughs> like, what kind of vacation are you taking? Straight cash, homie. Like a dude like Jalen Brown, like, you know, what are you going to pay him? The dude's making, what, yeah. 60 or something crazy right. like that? Which, again, we can allow this to transition us into the dunk contest because, look, I'm glad you competed, okay? When when the highest paid player in the NBA competes in the, all, in the slam dunk competition, that's great. It didn't go well for him. It didn't go well. But at least you had some recognition in the yeah. all-star contest or in the slam dunk contest because the only other guys mac mcclung is like tiktok famous he's tiktok basketball mm-hmm. famous which might have some pull with the younger generation but even the younger guys want to see the stars compete mm-hmm. they want to see the athlete the guys that are really good at basketball that are making the all-star teams that are also really athletic that's what you want but we couldn't even get obi toppin we had to get his brother that don't get any run yeah Oh, no, we can't get over it. We got and Jacob. And Toppin came out there with his bell bottoms on. He did. He did. I, his his shirt was cool. Oh, I forget what his shirt was like, but but even Jacob Toppin gave us a cool dunk, and the judges were, ah, uh, it's about 45. And Mac, and then Jalen Brown does this, like, the thing that isn't nearly as cool, and then he gets a borderline 50. Either way, the dunk contest was terrible. Wes, the only thing that people really compete in, if you attend the slam dunk contest, then okay, they compete in it. It's just not good. Three-point competition, everybody competes in that sucker. Mm-hmm. Because what Shouts happens to you for the call, Lillard. 
completely forgot about it, but thank you. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Damian Lillard wins. That's right. That was my call. Yeah. Yes. And he beat Carl uh, Anthony Towns. Yeah, I had Towns. Our guys went down to the water. They did. That was fun. Um, but those guys actually compete because it's not a ton of effort. Like, you get tired mm-hmm. shooting those shots, but, you know, it's just it's not going to be long-lasting. So they compete there, and we just need to find some kind of competition. And, Wes, they don't even compete in the Rising Stars Challenge. Yeah. Like, were you disappointed yeah. watching Brandon Miller go for a goose egg and just Very not even so. try? Just yeah. the way that he was out there, just so nonchalant, just chilling out, you know, not going in. And I'm like, come on, Brandon. Like, this is your chance, your or your opportunity to introduce yourself to the rest of the NBA world. Like, it's not like you play for the New York Knicks where everybody's going to see you. But wanted to ask you, too, uh, two quick things. Shout out to Sabrina. Sabrina came in there and showed up. That was awesome. Kenny just, Smith's awful comments at the end were just atrocious well, by the him. The whole combo was just... It was so it was, stupid. Well, look, like, the thing about Kenny, like, I think what he was trying to do was to say, hey, Sabrina would have been helped even more so right. if she gets to shoot from the WNBA three-point line. And then Reggie is, I think, not understanding that point. And so Reggie is actually here saying, nope, she, why are you trying to put borders on her? Yeah. And then from there, boom, the whole conversation was terrible. It takes away from the moment getting to watch Sabrina compete against Steph. And now we have this conversation that we're supposed to be so far from yeah. watching these two great shooters compete and go at it. And I was a, I was a little worried in warmups. I don't know if you saw Sabrina warming up. <laughs> She's putting up a lot of bricks. I was yeah. like, no, 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 no. We can't have this. And then she comes out and cleans Seven, the first rack. Great, yeah. I mean, that was, I'm with you. I thought it was a blast yeah. to watch Sabrina and Steph go at it. And for Steph to come away with the belt, for Sabrina to put up a legit competition, that was insane. Sabrina could have won it against anybody else that is not considered the best shooter to ever walk our planet. Yeah. Anybody else she would have competed against because she put up as high a mark in the first round compared to anybody else that was in the three-point contest, but I was here for it, Wes. It was probably, it was, what, it was maybe the most successful moment of the weekend. Yeah, oh, yeah, no doubt. That, that was a part of the key ratings because it was Saturday night that had that big old boost like that. But wanted to ask too, man, what you think of the LA, LA decoy. I liked it. I loved how the fire trailed them when they went to do the dunks and different stuff. I liked it. I mean, I'm visual. Like it was, that, no, so I enjoyed it very much. It was, and we can even bring some of these into the next segment. Yeah. What's cool about it, though, it, I, I liked it as well. Yeah. We actually brought some futuristic stuff to the All-Star Weekend, and then Jalen Brown has to say, I couldn't get a grip on the floor. Right, right. right. To do them basic dunks you would do. Jalen. Yeah. <laughs> Why? Yeah. To go Why? do them basic dunks. Yo, look, real quick, too. You know I'm not much for NBA fashion, but that coat that Jason Tatum had on when he came out on that court. Oh! Yeah. It was better than Halliburton's. It was better than Halliburton's. Oh, my God. That thing was playing. Let's get more to it. We, ha- we have more takes. We have football combos to get to as well. <laughs> the franchise tag this year is going to be wildly interesting, in my opinion. And the Carolina Panthers are going to be greatly affected by what teams use the franchise tag and who they use the franchise tag on. We're going to have that conversation on the other side as well. You can tell us your all-star take, 704-570-9610. It's Wesson Walker Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. 
Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. We're starting the week off with a lot of energy, but almost like a lot of exciting but negative energy towards All-Star break because we want something more. Fiddy somehow just felt at home, not even somehow, but felt more at home by saying exciting negative energy because that is the space he thrives in. <laughs> well, and what's what's beautiful about it is I didn't even speak in the first segment. Yeah. And you admitted that the conversation around uh, a weekend that even I as a kid thoroughly enjoyed is negative. Because it's oh yeah it's down it's downright horrible. I did not watch anything on Friday. Saturday I was working. I was doing my podcast, so I missed everything on Saturday night. Last night the game was on, but I was playing MLB the Show. So like, and once it was a hundred and thirty something to like ninety something in the third quarter, mm-hmm. I was I was done. You and, watched more than me then, apparently. Oh, I, the game was on from start to finish. I was wanting to see Jalen Brunson play, but then I was like, we got bigger things to do in the second half of the NBA season. Bump the All-Star game. Well, that's how the players operate, too, though. Yeah. It's a problem. I, I think At least issue, for the weekend. Well, like, here's the issue, because y'all know I'm a baseball guy. The, the MLB All-Star game isn't what it was 10 years ago. But it's still fully attended. There's better effort. And I feel like baseball carries their momentum over from Monday into Tuesday. You get a great home run derby. There's still an energy and a buzz. You've got to find a way to carry that excitement over from Saturday because it's there on Saturday. You can always feel the energy and the buzz in the basketball arena. But it's not there on Sunday night. When you're going up and down a court like that, same thing with football, it's so different from a three-point contest where you have actual competition it's different from a home run derby where you have actual competition. The thing about those two feats, you're stationary the whole time. Like you're exerting effort and you're tired as hell afterwards, but you know, it's going to go away after a while. And it's not like you're running up and down and the risk of injury is really low, but all you're doing is just going from one rack to another, shooting a bunch of basketballs. And when you're in a home run derby, you got two minutes that you just need to ball out for a second, go ahead and swing as hard as you can. And it's oftentimes who's got the most stamina in the home run derbies that ends yeah. up winning. But it's so station it's stationary. Like they're fun contest, but you're not exerting a lot of effort having to run a whole bunch and you're still getting to relax a little bit. And it is event like. And so that's why those two events are the ones that I would say in all of all star breaks across the sports, like those are the two events that people care about the most even more. And that's not even necessarily it didn't used to be that way. The slam dunk competition was the marquee event, and it's just really hard to think of something creative, and especially if the stars aren't going to do it, nobody knows who Jacob Toppin is. It's going to be tough for people to get intrigued by that. Do you think that LeBron did ruin the dunk contest? Because I do think so. Because I think that he was the last mega rock star that we've had that turned down the dunk contest. Because when you look back in the day, every player who was anybody, as far as when you talk about on that superstar landscape, uh, if they were known for dunking at all, they got in the dunk contest from Jordan to Kobe to, you know, you name it. But then once LeBron said, no, I'm not doing it, I think that that single-handedly made guys be like, well, if LeBron ain't going to do it, I ain't doing it either. Like, the only reason I don't think it's all on LeBron's shoulders is because we've seen stars since then. And it's not like Michael, like at least Michael did it once. 
And so maybe that's your point. It's because Michael wasn't doing it every time once we got to the 90s. Yeah, he, he was did pretty it how much many done. times? Like four times? Yeah, he was done. So yeah. you're right. He did do it at the beginning. I just didn't know if you were discussing him never doing it again. But yeah, LeBron not doing it hurt. I For sure. At least you got to see other stars afterwards. Like Paul George was in it. You know, we ha- we got to see people that get run. We are so far down the list of players that we know about. I it I remember Jeremy Evans <laughs> winning a slam dunk contest. It, his only claim to fame. Hell, even Fred Taylor, who is an Indiana Pacer that was there on the judges panel. But Fred Taylor is not an. Oh, you talking about you Fred remember. Jones? You talking about the running back? Thank you. <laughs> Not Fred Taylor. Fred <laughs> Taylor was not there. Fred Jones. The Fred Taylor is the one that we all recognize. Fred Jones right, is not. Pivot. Fred Jones won the slam dunk contest with the Pacers back in the day. But it's always, you always tune in because you, okay, maybe this is the year we get Aaron Gordon and Zach Levine. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. every like five years, you're going to get something fantastic. Mm-hmm. And we're always hoping it's that season. Even people were complaining about when I got to high school. Like, so that would have been... Like 07, 08, you're about to get to the late 2000s. That's when people started to complain a ton, in my opinion. But then you would get Dwight Howard in a Superman cape, and it would be amazing. Blake Griffin jumping over the car. Blake Griffin was fun. Oh, number one overall pick that's as athletic a big guy as we've seen in forever. He's in it? Cool. Let's go ahead and tune into that. Then you get Zach uh, Levine and Aaron Gordon a couple times. But... There's so many times where you got to wait like five years before you get anything good. Let's read a few text messages before we move on to some Panthers conversation. Um, I'm scrolling. I'm scrolling. People are mad about the three-point attempts taken. Mike from Mooresville says, the dunk contest change. I have an idea. None of these guys play great defense. Why not let these guys play a one-on-one game for a minute each and let them posterize each other? Then you grade the dunks. The problem is, if you think the dunk contest isn't attended by the stars because they don't feel like they have anything to gain. They're not going to do anything in the way of a one-on-one competition because there's too much ego on the line. Oh, yeah. If I lose a one-on-one comp in front of everybody, that's the Trump card. And not only that too, man, the the thing is, well, can I be interested to get your thoughts too? Cause I don't think you and I have ever delved into this conversation on the defense comment. And I know that the effort is not always there in the NBA, but also I do think that effort is there to an extent, but you can't guard some of these guys. Another two guys. Yeah. Who is locking up? Like I love when college basketball fan says that at a bar. Oh, they it's better because they play defense. They they play real defense. Ain't nobody on that court guarding any of those all stars one on one. You watch Luca play. Who's guarding Luca? Yeah, nobody. Please, the old school guys, don't hit me with no Scottie Pippen or none of that bad boys. I want to hit none of that. You're not guarding any of these guys. Fiddy is scratching his chin. He could. What you got, Fiddy? Who's guarding Luka Doncic? Oh, I, no, I, I'm the guy at the bar saying I enjoy the college game because you see you see defense. You see, you see different styles. Because I hear what you're saying. Like, dude, Lillard hit a three last night where he's 38 feet away from the basket, <laughs> steps to his left towards the yeah. baseline and buries it. No, you can't Like, do there's it. nothing you... Yeah, nothing. So, like, I I appreciate how how gifted and skilled these players are offensively. I think that's a big reason why scoring is up. But scoring is also up in the regular season because they don't play defense until April. And you see that on the biggest stage in the All-Star game where, like, growing up, you saw 150, 160 All-Star game scores... But they were still competing. If they were competing and it was 211 to 185, 
Would we, would, would we all be complaining? Well, we're, we're merging All-Star Game with regular season action now. Like, because All-Star Game is, you're right, All-Star Game's gotten worse. Yeah. Uh, regular season action, you're saying they don't compete until they get to April. Like, that's where I actually don't agree. I think players are but I mean, still... Like, I mean, players say that, that like, you know, we, we the regular season for a lot of these teams is basically just a tune-up for the... Because the playoffs are so long... Like a lot of it is just tuning up because they're going to play. They're 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 going to play harder in the postseason. They're going to play better defense in the postseason because numbers are down, possessions are down, scoring is down. It's just it's factual. Well, I had, not the effort stuff. Like the the only effort that you can argue is factual is the load management, where players will sit and rest and then give 100 percent effort defense. But it's not only just the players that are so talented. These strategies are so amazing. You can't stop yeah. them now. Like offensive mastermind coaches can come in, drop a play, and good luck. James Borrego. Yeah, because I mean, you he got damn good at it. I'm not going to hate on that. Yeah. Dude could draw up a play with the best of them. Future Nets head coach James Borrego. I'm talking it into existence. Maybe. Yeah, man. And I mean, we like? talked about it, how this is the, I think this is either, this is either the second or third highest scoring uh, era in NBA history. So there were eras in the 70s and, and stuff like that yep. where guys were playing this kind of ball with these high scores. But yeah, the, the defense argument, you know, you kind of lose me a little bit there. But like I said, you get an all-star game where they give n- – they're not even playing it at all. No, no arguing that. Yeah, ain't no arguing that. <laughs> ain't no arguing so that. Bad. Yeah. It's, it's non-existent. It's not even 10% turned up a little bit. They could be lying on the ground – and it would still be the same score that you saw in this game. Yeah, because I'm like, where are the guys that maybe want to get a, some defensive records in the all-star game? Where's the guy mm-hmm. that says, yo, I want to get the most steals. I want to get the most blocks or something like that. But you don't have that. All right. So the NBA doesn't need any help offensively. The Carolina Panthers need help offensively. Oh, they do. Man. Nicely done. That That's good, good. That, that was no, good. That was nicely I was, done. I was complimenting you. <laughs> Speaking of defensive. Yeah, that <laughs> was nicely done. I, th- I thought you were about to clown me. No, right. it was good. Good transition. Thank you. Thank you, sir. All right. The Carolina <laughs> I want, an, I want an applause any time that I have a good segue. Mm. Let's go to the Carolina Panthers who desperately need help offensively. And it just might come via the franchise tag with some of these other teams. Because the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the Cincinnati Bengals, Wes, they each have a number one wide receiver type, even if T. Higgins isn't a number one wide receiver on his own team. He very well could be for a different franchise. And both of those guys are franchise tag candidates. CBS, ESPN, couple outlets coming out with the most likely guys to be franchise tagged. And of course you go to Cincinnati. We'll start there where T Higgins is that number one option. The Bengals would be paying Higgins a lot of money, about 21 million to keep him around, but it would be wise to give Joe Burrow one of his top targets for another year and run it back. Higgins did have a career low in receptions, receiving yards, receiving touchdowns, but he was hurt. He only played 12 games. Good bet Higgins will live up to the 2021-22 seasons, both over 1,000 yards, if he's back in Cincy in 2024. My question is, what are the chances you think T not comes to Carolina? Because when you dwindle it down to one specific franchise, Mm -hmm. the odds go down too. But just leaving Cincinnati, Wes, what's that proposition look like for you? Is it 50-50? What are the chances T is out of Cincinnati next year? Uh, I think it's 50-50 because we talked about the way that Joe Burrow's contract is structured. His base salary is only going to be 25 and change over the next couple of seasons. So he definitely did himself a service with the contract that he signed because it's going allow Cincinnati to be able to keep some of their better players because of this. Will they sign them to a long-term extension? We'll see. 
because if I'm not mistaken, I think Tyler Boyd is also uh, a free agent this offseason, too. And we know he's been important to that offense, but the main thing is the Jamar Chase piece and what he is going to command because we know Justin Jefferson is coming up this offseason, and we've already seen what's going on there and the type of money he could command because they're saying that his deal is going to be in a ballpark of $125 million guaranteed. I would think that Jamar Chase could probably get either equal to that or maybe a little bit more than that if he waits to see when Jefferson gets his deal. So if they pay him that, I think probably they do franchise Higgins. And I also said, too, you know, 50-50 proposition because I think there are two teams outside of Cincinnati in Tennessee and Carolina that I think will have, uh, you know, the same amount of, of I guess, things in their corner to sign him with or, or equal chances, in my opinion. But I think with the way Burroughs' uh, contract is structured, it allows them the flexibility to be able to uh, at least um, franchise T. Higgins. So I think it is a 50-50 shot. I do too. I'm really interested to see because I think he's going to get hit with the franchise tag. It's all about if they agree on a long-term extension after that. And if T. Higgins is mad about playing on franchise tag, does he sit out? And then maybe you get a trade going on there. I'm interested to see what happens. Also, most people continue to ask about Mike Evans. Wes, I've been, this has been something worth noting too. When Dave Canales was hired as the head coach, it felt like people asking about Mike Evans was the number one type of text that we got on the FanDuel text line. So first it was, we'll see what he can do about Bryce Young. But as far as any kind of, I don't know, hey, who's he going to bring alongside him? Who's going to be his offensive coordinator? What do you think about what he did with Baker and or, uh, Geno Smith, a lot of texts came in about, can you go get Mike Evans now? And Mike Evans is another popular franchise tag candidate, according specifically here to CBS. And this is what the write-up is. Placing the franchise tag at 21, uh, 21 million would actually be cheaper for Evans in 2024. And that would give the Bucks more time to work out an extension. It would make sense for Tampa Bay to tag Evans, especially with 37 million in available salary cap space. We did see today, according to a bunch of NFL insiders, I'll read this tweet from Diana Rossini. Today is the day that could save the Bucks some money by re-signing all-pro wide receiver Mike Evans. However, that deal won't happen. Look for the two sides to continue to negotiate in good faith as they work towards the start of free agency, but no longer can you just hit him with that extension. So he could be out there, and Mike Evans, I guess there's a possibility that he could go to Carolina. I think that's less likely than T. Higgins, though. I think Tampa Bay, given their cap space, even if Mike Evans has a good relationship with Canales, it's certainly worth exploring. I just think given the situation each teams have via the cap, you're not paying a Joe Burrow-type quarterback down in Tampa Bay. Mike Evans is a legend already. You know, T. Higgins has two good years with Cincinnati. Letting go of Mike Evans, fans might feel some type of way about that because he's a Hall of Famer and is a legend that's going to have his name in the ring of honor one day. Yeah. So I think Mike Evans is going to be harder to get in my opinion. Yeah. Um, when you look at the market value, according to spot track, I mean, they have him as a calculated deal of four years, 95 mil with a 23.8, uh, average salary. Uh, and I think for a guy of his stature with what he's done, I mean, are you going to get four more high quality years out of Mike Evans? I'm not all the way sure about that, but I, I do think he has another two to three playing at a high level at least. Mm -hmm. Uh, T. Higgins, according to Spot Track, would be the cheaper of the two because they have him valued at four years, $74 million, so 18.6 annual salary. So it just depends. Uh, This could be a situation where you have to overpay 
uh, if you're Carolina. If you're really trying to get that number one weapon for your guy, you might have to overpay. We know that money talks, especially at the wide receiver position. Uh, you look at the top of the market, there's Tyreek Hill at 38 and Devontae Adams at 28. So you might not get that kind of money. But I think if you're the Carolina Panthers, I mean, if you come to Mike Evans and say, hey, you know, we'll give you 25 a year for a couple of seasons because of the rookie quarterback that you have, I think that could go a long way. Uh, same thing with T. Higgins. You might not pay him 25, but you might be able to go a little bit over uh, what other teams are offering as well. You don't won't have the compensation because if I'm if I'm not mistaken, you have to give up your first round pick for this year if you sign a guy that is franchise correct for that particular year. So, uh, I, I don't know about the specifics, but okay, we can yeah. look it up. Right. Hey, drum, drum, yeah, franchise tag research, please. <laughs> yeah, Thank man. You. So, uh, so it just depends there. But I think if you're Carolina, I mean. If you could sign T. Higgins, and let's just say it could be a first-rounder within the next two years, the next year, I mean, that's not the worst proposition in the world, being that you're going to need it, and he is a young player. I mean, I don't know who you're going to get in a draft that's mm-hmm. going to be better than T. Higgins, uh, you know, that that's coming up in the next couple of seasons. Well, the uncertainty is there, right? I mean, you would be taking the risk because you want to have a cost-control salary on the rookie market compared to T, who you're going to be paying top dollar for. But do you want to try to risk it with the uncertainty? Okay, I'm paying less money, but I don't know if he's going to be T Higgins. If he is, then great, we won. But if you get T, then you don't have to worry about it, and you just have to spend high dollar for it. I had a take last week about how Carolina could be a team on the outside looking in for some of these top-notch wide receivers because a lot of these other squads that are in a similar position are going to be ponying up for some of these wide receivers, right? So if Carolina is competing with Tennessee or some of these other squads that have a young QB, second or first year, then they just might be on the outside looking in. But, Wes, what I will say, this offseason has the potential to have – the most impactful wide receiver uh, wide receiver movement that we've seen in a while because T Higgins, Mike Evans, both possibilities to leave your boy, Brandon Ayuk looks like, looks like he might not even just be coming back at all. Like it, 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 we'll, we'll see. You're right. But yeah, Debo did the same thing. It, he did. You're right about that. It looks more contentious than the other two situations do, but Brandon, Ayuk could be gone. Do you trade for DK Metcalf? That's a combo we can continue on the other side of the break. But it does feel like there are a lot of big-name wide receivers that Carolina could be interested in, and there will also be a possibility for them to land them. Let's talk about that more so. What wide receiver would you be most interested in here in Carolina? FanDuel text line, 704-570-9610. We'll continue that conversation here on Wesson Walker, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you.
Carson Walker, Sports Radio, 92.7 WFNZ. Appreciate you writing in on the text line. The FanDuel text line, we ask you what wide receiver you would most want to go after as a Panthers fan. We got a few answers on the text line. Bradley shooting blinks. Wait for Fitty to laugh. He said, give me T. Higgins. Wolfpack James says, easy. DK Metcalf. Coach Couch Kyle said, Couch Coach Kyle. Sorry, those are very two similar words, and I was dyslexic on that one. All I'm saying is the last great wide receiver we had wore a dark visor, and so does DK. We needed another dark visor type of wide receiver. Mm. So there's one connection that you can make. Last one here. Maybe we can use this as the launch point. Stanford P said, sorry, don't you think Mike Evans would rather go to a ready-to-compete team as opposed to whatever Carolina is? Yeah, I would think that too, especially at this stage in his career. The only argument against it is he does have a Super Bowl. So it's not like he's so much ring chasing in the fact that he's never done it before. Money is going to talk quite a bit. Do you want to go to Carolina where the jury's out on Bryce Young right now? Like the only the, the reason you would want to come to Carolina is because they pay you a lot of money and you have a relationship with Dave Canales. If there is a team that is ready to compete, then it would be hard for the Carolina Panthers to compete with that franchise. And so I do think Stanford P brings up a good point. What do you make of his text message? Um, Okay, so so that's the interesting point. Obviously, we know the season that Carolina had last year. But I always talk about how the attrition of the playoffs, half the teams go out and there are other teams that come in. And I'm not by any stretch of the imagination saying that Carolina's on their way to the playoffs. But at the same time, we've seen, uh, you know, things happen. And so – I think two canales could play a huge part in this. It's like, what can he show Mike as far as a plan of what they're going to do? And how much can he convince him based off their relationship? Like for me, I think it has to be relationship and what can they do? And I think if he can really get Mike Evans to buy in that they've got the pieces in place and they're going to do the requisite things to be able to get in there and compete because you know, you can go and say, all right, well, you know, two years ago we were a sniff away from the playoffs and things fell back on us this year. Um, but we think that we got enough to be able to get this thing done. And I think he's going to want to see what are you doing in free agency, what's your plan for the draft and all that stuff. So I wouldn't 100% rule out the fact that he could just say, hey, I want to go somewhere that's a contender over Carolina, especially if he likes the production. But he did only play for Canales for one season. And we know that Mike Evans has multiple thousand-yard seasons. So he's put in work with a lot of different guys. And and that is a that is a factor to be considered. There's no question about that because a guy, you know, that's 30 years old, like Mike Evans, he's probably going to want to compete for championships in his latter years because he plays a physical brand of football. And I'm sure he's like, if I, you know, going to put my body on the line for this thing, then it's got to be something in it that's worth fighting for. There are so many good wide receivers that could be had here. I just was reading off some of the names before we moved on, but Brandon Ayuk also being a possible trade candidate. I mean, he was sensational this past season and he's the type of wide receiver where it doesn't feel like it's only based off of scheme though. Clearly Kyle Shanahan helps Brandon Ayuk get uh, open over the middle of the field, which is where he was doing most of his damage in the Super Bowl. But Brandon Ayuk had an amazing year. Could you just go back and trade with San Francisco and possibly get him? That's one thing to consider. But maybe you just stay out west if Ayuk isn't the guy. 
And then you focus on DK Metcalf. Have quite a few DK Metcalf text here. So he's been over a thousand yards the past two seasons. And maybe that's somebody you could go after as that deep threat, as a big X wide receiver that also finds a way to get open down the field, which is something that this Panthers team needs. Here's actually Mike Salk and Brock Hewer talking about this on Friday about how, hey, maybe Seattle would trade DK Metcalf. And maybe that's the best option to restart because of the new chapter you have with Mike McDonald as head coach. But if you really do want to try to make a change in who you are, DK Metcalf is probably the asset you have that would bring back the most and allow you to change your lineup or your roster construction. Yeah. This is not a, yeah, everybody I don't sees like DK the, Metcalf. Yeah, everybody sees the column and, and, and the initial reactions like, oh, here's Salk again. Here's right. hot taker Salk. He's so <laughs> negative. He hates DK Metcalf. Get rid of DK Metcalf. DK's too selfish. He's too individual, yada, yada, yada. And really what you're saying is he's your, golly, when you look at it, he... How many other valuable trade chips do you have? Essentially none. I mean, I, 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 there, a Woolen would be a valuable guy, but he's really, really young, and you get him, and you want him to bounce back anyway, and mm-hmm. he's much more valuable to you than he would be anybody else. I mean, you start to look at it, yeah, and it is probably DK. I mean, uh, Mike Sog is going to be joining Kyle Bailey at 345 today. And so the DK Metcalf thing could be interesting, not only because, yeah, he's a younger wide receiver, dynamic, open downfield, boss, competitor of a dude. Maybe you need some attitude, and DK Metcalf has that. If you're talking about the dark visor, you can also talk about the attitude, and DK Metcalf has that also. But the one thing we're not addressing specifically with him, he also has that connection with Dave Canales for so long. So you're checking off a lot of boxes with DK Metcalf and how he can help you. The age is not as much of a concern. to say about Canales. Yes, he did. I would be interested it would take a lot, but especially if Mike McDonald wants to revamp that defense, which is what he was hired to do as the head coach. We got some defensive pieces down here. I think you would probably have to get rid of some draft picks, which would hurt. But DK Metcalf is the type of talent that you would do that for. And if they're interested in some defensive pieces, then you could entertain that. How interested would you be in DK if there was a real shot at going to get him? Uh... For this Carolina Panthers team, I think, as we just talked about a lot, it's going to depend on the compensation. Uh, I do like DK Metcalf. I, I think he he's a big-time player. I don't know if you want to overexert yourself if you're the Carolina Panthers to get this guy. Uh, you know, as I said, I, I respect the player, respect the production. But, you know, I don't know if it's something you want to put yourself in a bad space to be able to go and get him. But he has had three 1,000-yard seasons. He had 1,100 yards last year on just 66 catches, eight touchdowns. He certainly got us going to help. But I think that uh, at the risk, because you need so much, that that would be an interesting question. And that's why we talked about, too, before the show, uh, you know, Justin Jefferson, if something should happen in Minnesota, if he doesn't get the deal he wants. And this is big-time pie in the sky because Lord knows the type of draft compensation you'd have to give up to get this young man. I mean, yeah. we're probably talking five or six picks, and not to mention he wants you know a huge deal that's guaranteed after the first year, which I think is asinine. I think Minnesota should move off of that if that's the type of time that he's on. But Apparently uh, it's more structure than it is money yeah, for he Justin wants, Jefferson. Yeah, because guaranteed. he wants to match, he wants yeah. to guarantee money like what Kirk Cousins has got yep. to get his contract fully guaranteed, and you're coming off uh, you know, some significant injuries that you've had the last couple mm-hmm. of seasons. I don't know what he's thinking about, but um, 
you know, th that would be another situation where I feel like you would have to overexert yourself. So I think for DK Metcalf, for the right price, uh, you make that happen. But I think that there are other avenues that you can go and you can find yourself, uh, you know, some 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 wide receivers where you won't have to do that. And like I said, because you need so much, I don't know if you could give up a lot of capital to get one guy. A couple of texts we're getting, 704 is all caps, no more trades. That's Carolina's problem now. And then Fluke <laughs> Juki writes in, if the Panthers trade for anyone, I'm going to boycott. I'm sick and tired of trading the assets and the <clears throat> future assets away and nothing coming from it. Okay, last thing I'll say on this, if you don't want to trade for anybody, there's another name that constantly appears on the text line and Twitter timeline. Calvin Ridley is that guy. We've talked about him a little bit. But, Wes, one thing I didn't put enough emphasis on last week when we talked about Calvin, Dave Canales' background is working with wide receivers. And what he did in Seattle, uplifting that wide receiver play, when you never thought that they had a true all-pro caliber type of guy until they drafted DK Metcalf. Doug Baldwin, always underrated. Tyler Lockett, always underrated. When you talk about a Paul Richardson, he gets a second contract with a different team, and then he doesn't do anything outside of Seattle. They've had success with wide receivers that weren't top-notch names. And Canales, if he's the wide receiver coach and he's working with those guys first and foremost, then I think it's only right that we can give him some level of credit. If Calvin Ridley, already a good player, maybe like fringe wide receiver one based off the numbers right now, but if you pair him with a guy like Dave Canales who gets the best and the most out of his wide receivers, then Calvin Ridley at like 17 projected million dollar annual salary compared to some of these other guys, Oof. you don't have to trade for anything either. Yeah. Like, you're not giving up assets. Is he worth the gamble, though? <laughs> I think he is. Uh, well, the, the only thing here, you know, just sitting here and, uh, you know, you look at Odell Beckham this year and what he did. And Calvin Ridley averages less yards after the catch per reception. He had a lower receiving grade and uh, he had lower yards per route run. And I already think that Odell is pretty washed. And so. But that's uh, also on much smaller volume, right? With this Odell. Is true, but I'm saying, like, to pay Calvin Ridley that kind of money and you less productive than Odell Beckham Jr., I, I just don't know about $17 million for Ridley. Uh, I think he would be fleecing somebody if they paid that. Oh, wow. Okay. That yeah, turns, that turns I, yeah, big time. I think, yeah, I think that's a fleece if, if you Woo. pay Calvin Ridley $17 million. Um, I You know, I just didn't see enough from him in Jacksonville either. Um, so, you know, if you're the Panthers, I'm not sure I would want to go that route either. All right, maybe we can touch on that a little bit more. We got to get to some college athletics. It's the Campus Corner coming up next. Corner. Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ.